Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol. And that's Steve Jones. And today on the podcast, uh, we have uh, a fun band from uh, New Jersey, actually, that uh, made their way out to California uh, on tour with Taking Back Sunday. Uh, That band is called Modern Chemistry. Very nice. Very excited about this band. Yes, yes. It, uh... Uh, so we'll get to talk to uh, Joe, the lead singer of Modern Chemistry, here in just a little bit. Before we do, I know Jens wants to tell you how you can get a hold of uh, us at Concert Pipeline, how you can check us out. Every single episode, Steve, I'm so excited to tell everybody how they can get a hold of us at Concert Pipeline because I always have this information at the forefront of my brain and never at the tip of my tongue. So uh, there are a variety of social media platforms that uh, Concert Pipeline is present on. Uh, Facebook, of course, is one of those. Uh, go ahead and come to Concert Pipeline Pod on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at uh, Concert Pipeline. You can find us on Twitter, hashtag Concert Pipeline. And uh, last but not least, YouTube. YouTube and uh, you always forget Periscope, but I, actually I did forget. I also forgot Periscope when at the Taking Back Sunday show, so I will uh, I will own that as well. I should have Periscope. You know, honestly, I'm not I'm not forgetting it. I'm just constant, uh, consciously excluding it because honestly, I don't remember the last time we did anything it's, through Periscope, and that's probably our bad. We should do more of that stuff. We should. We should. So. Uh, we need you guys to kick us in the butt too and uh, tweet us and remind us to periscope the shows. That'd be great. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, fun interview uh, ahead. Before we get into that, um, uh, Jens, what is new with you? Well, let me tell you, Steve. I recently had the exciting experience of getting stung by a wasp. Can you I tell did. you all about it? It, it was a life-altering uh, situation. It was a life-altering situation. In fact, when I went to the hardware store, this happened last night, late last night, and when I went to the hardware store this morning to get uh, some, uh, some, you know, pest control spray for wasps and hornets and yellow jackets, the cashier looked at my hand where I got stung and said, you really should go to urgent care. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm looking at my hand like, it's not that bad. I don't think I'm allergic, but I'm still, you know, looking at my uh, hands right now and I'm comparing them one to the other. And one is definitely a little bit more swollen, but it's not that bad. It's just, it itches more than anything, but let me tell you how I got stung. Okay. And this is the most exciting part of the entire story here because I am brilliant, right? So um, let me tell you, uh, I went ahead and um, found a, that was my first mistake, was finding a wasp's nest um, in our backyard. And the reason um, this happened was because we're having our fence rebuilt. It fell over in one of the last storms uh, that we had, you know, last winter, (laughs) which was quite a while ago, considering it's August now. And... um, and uh, as the uh, old fence was coming down and taken apart, um, I and the fence people noticed a hornet's nest that was uh, in the ground. So, like so a what? true hero, you said, I'll get that. You went and right. grabbed it and threw it across the yard. <laughs> I might as well have. <laughs> but no, I, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to be smart about this. I'm going to watch a YouTube video, and it's going to teach me all about how to get rid of hornet's nests that are in the ground. 
So I watched, I don't know, maybe seven or eight of these videos, and one of them I really liked. Uh, and it was a guy who just had a simple solution. And he said, you know what? Wait until 10 or 11 o'clock in the evening or midnight or something and just wait until all the hornets have um, gone to sleep, crawled, yeah. flown and crawled back into their hole. Yeah, and fallen asleep. The little hornet beds, then, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you just cover the entire thing with – you cover the whole hole with a net and you seal it so that none of the hornets can get out, and then you just fill the thing with water, and they drown, right? So I, I figured, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. And uh, the guy um, shooting the video, of course, said how important it was to uh, wear gloves, you know, wear, long, wear long pants, wear gloves, <laughs> wear a long shirt. You know? How are those gloves you were wearing, Jens? None of this stuff, but yeah, I didn't do any of that. I figured, you know what, this guy made it look so easy, and not one single wasp came out of this hole in the ground you know no big deal i can do this okay first mistake was that uh when i jammed the hose into the hole i realized that the hole didn't go down into the ground it now, went sideways. i would say the first mistake was not wearing the gloves but continue <laughs> not on wearing the gloves or the long sleeve yes. or the long sleeve shirt or pants or yeah. socks or anything but right? you continue on with what you deem to be the first mistake go ahead <laughs> but yes being the brilliant person i am um I decided, you know what, these things are asleep, it's no big deal, I'm going to be out of here in 20 seconds anyway. Uh, so I, uh, I, I started out very gently. I gently put the, um, the hose in the hole, and then I realized, oh shit, you know, this hole isn't going down, it's going sideways into the side of our um, embankment. We have this embankment, because uh, our house is on a hill, and I'm realizing, crap, our hornet's nest is not in the ground going down it's in the ground going sideways now how's water gonna fill up a nest that's sideways like there's no the gravity isn't really working for me here so i figured no big deal i'm just gonna shove this hose as far into the uh embankment as i can until i can't shove it anymore and then i'm just gonna turn the water on really high so it just forces pressure will just force all the water uh into all of the little you know crawlways yes Brilliant, right? Yeah, it was. And, uh, it sounds like it to if me. If I remember, if, yeah, if you, if you remember what I said earlier, is the in the video they also said, you know, once you insert the hose, you also have to make sure uh, that you've got protective netting everywhere, um, so in case they get around the hose, you know, they can't actually get out. You, which of course you did. Get out, which I, which which of course I didn't do, yeah. uh, because I was just too lazy. I, I did take the time to cut the netting into the right into the right shape you know for the space that i was working with but of course i didn't use that i figured 20 minutes of water shooting violently into the dirt uh, was going to work so um so I, there, I had the hose there i went to the uh, little water you know spigot i turned that on full blast i went back and i was literally i had to i had to i had to push the hose into the into the dirt so it wouldn't fly out of there because there was so much water pressure coming in and i could see i could see the wasps slowly coming out of the hole onto the crawling onto the hose and then they were so lethargic and so tired they just sort of fell uh down and drowned so i'm like yeah i'm doing really good here i'm doing really good here i'm just gonna hang out for another maybe five ten twenty seconds and then all of a sudden like i tell you i i was so focused i was so attentive and uh and i i knew that if there was a, a hornet coming at me and i would be able to see it and i'd be able to run right I don't know where this damn thing came from, Steve, but I was stung in an instant, and I never even saw the thing coming. Now, truth be told, I did have three beers before I did this entire thing, so that might have, you know, been a part of this whole um, 
you know, uh, thing about me getting stung. But uh, I ran to the water and I turned that damn thing off and I ran inside, closed the door. And I'm like, you know what? I'll deal with it tomorrow. Okay. So first off, got to commend you for watching the YouTube video because that's a mistake I often make when I'm uh, trying to do something. It's like, uh, you know, I don't look up the instructions or see a good way to do it first. So hats off to you for the, the YouTube video. Really great job there. Second off, way to go on throwing all caution to the wind and saying, fuck this YouTube video and everything that it tells me to do inside of it. I got this. You know, I'm a pro now because I've seen the YouTube video and I know what I'm doing. Yeah, man. I decided to man up and, and cut out some of the steps. So it was a little bit too complicated for me. And I wanted, and I thought my execution was, was beautiful. I mean, it's like, check out the balls on me, man. Yeah, yeah. So did the hornet. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so did the hornet. <laughs> So getting stung by a wasp, is that more intense than a normal bee sting? I've never been stung by a wasp. Yeah, the way I understand it is that uh, bees bite. I don't think they sting. If we're talking about honeybees anyway, I might be totally wrong. I know nothing about this stuff. But I think bees bite and wasps and hornets and uh, uh, yellow jackets all sting. What? So, but, but bees have the stinger, right? Like they put a stinger in you, right? I don't. So I thought honeybees, they, I think they bite. I don't think they have a stinger. You might want to check that out on the YouTube or the uh, on the internets maybe. I'm not sure. I'm probably wrong about that. But, but I definitely got stung yeah. by this yellow jacket. When a, honeybee, and, when a honeybee stings a person, it cannot pull the barb stinger back out. It leaves behind not only stinger but also part of its abdomen and digestive tract uh, plus muscles and nerves. A massive abnormal rupture uh, kills the honeybee. Honeybees are the only bees to die after stinging. They actually sting as well. That sucks. So it's like a suicide. It's like, oh, I'm going to oh, save yeah. my life by stinging you. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the bee dies when it stings you. Yeah, so you're you get the pain, but it's feeling it a little bit more. So it's done. How freaking pointless! Right? Why? Why would that defense mechanism even exist? I know. You're. It's like okay, I got to protect myself. It's probably to protect the queen bee, really. Like it's it's a humble servant to the queen bee, and uh, and it doesn't want anything to happen to that queen or something. I mean, that's probably where it stems from. I don't know, but I could be pulling that out of my it's like, ass. It's like a suicide bomber. Pretty much. Pretty much. So Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, yeah, so I definitely got stung. I pulled the stinger out uh, of my knuckle is where it hit me. Um, that was a bit challenging, but um, no big deal. Uh, it's just ever since then, my um, hand has been swollen and it's been itching like crazy. It's like mosquito bites. Nuts. But I'm, I'm, I'm uh, unscathed, so I, I found out. I mean, this is something I've always wanted to know, Steve. Am I allergic to bee stings? You know, I've always had this big fear in my life that I'm allergic to bees. But now I know that I'm not, so I'm very relieved. You've never you've never been stung before? I have, many times as oh, a kid. Okay. okay, okay, so you knew. So. But never as an adult. <laughs> Good deal. Well. Yeah, I, I don't recommend it. A survival story by Jens, everybody. Um, yes, that's, yes. that's the most exciting thing that's happened to me in months. Um, yeah, if you're looking for excitement, I don't recommend the kind that you know causes pain. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, that is a, an intense story. So next time you're going to follow the instructions in the YouTube video. No, after this podcast, I'm going to go back out there and do it all over again. You're like, let's I'm do sure this those again. Those fuckers are still alive. You did get the whole. Th did you get it out after all of that? Like the, the I, got, whole... I, mm, 
uh, I mean, I saw a bunch of uh, wasps coming out of there that obviously didn't make it. But uh, when I went back there early this morning, they were swarming all over the place trying to get back into the into their main entry hole. Like I think they were trying to dig dig their way so, back into the the layer where the queen bee was. So you um, did, you started to get the nest out then. I pissed everyone off and ran away. Is essentially all I accomplished. And you haven't been back since. Uh, no, I think I probably wiped out about one percent of the colony. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. Way to take one for the team there. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, well, um, we're going to get into the modern chemistry in just a moment. There is something that we need to talk about before then, and. We have actually a bunch of good content coming up on the, the podcast. Actually, too much good content, we'll let you know. So um, we have some interview. We have another interview in the books already lined up for uh, next week for you. Uh, a couple more bands we'll be interviewing next week. And a major interview announcement that usually we wait till the end of the podcast to, to make the announcements. And this one Jens doesn't even know about yet. It's actually a band that's been on the podcast before. But uh, they're going to be on the podcast again, and uh, and it's one of the big. I would say probably one of the biggest bands that's been on our podcast. Any? Do you want to fathom any guesses? This is exciting stuff. Uh, um, well, you told me earlier today that you had some big news for the podcast. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, pry because I wanted to be really excited about the big news. But now you've got my gears turning. Hmm. Um, I'm going to allow myself to be surprised. I'm not going to guess. Okay, no guesses. Uh, it is Foreigner. No shit. Foreigner is going to be back on the podcast again. Yes, I am. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah, I'm doing a phone interview with them uh, again next week. Actually, um, a different member of the band this time. Um, uh, a guy named Tom. Um, Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom, I should know his last name already, but uh, but we're going to go with right now that I don't uh, offhand. Uh, but his name is Tom, and he was actually a touring guitarist in Aerosmith as well. Sweet. Uh, or a touring member in Aerosmith. And, um, and so I'm going to do a phone interview with him, and also we'll be uh, covering their show at uh, the Toyota Amphitheater, I think it's called, in Wheatland, um, out in Sacramento. Um, so we'll be... Uh, covering that show and uh they're playing with cheap trick and uh jason bonham led zeppelin experience i believe uh as well so uh so that'll be a pretty cool show and that is uh, in the books but before that uh, a couple of other um interviews that we have uh lined up i i did a phone interview with the romantics uh i interviewed the lead singer of the romantics wally um, and uh, for those of you that don't know the Romantics, um, they, they have a couple of big hits. That, uh, they, they have been around for since the 70s. Um, and, uh, Jens, do you know, can you, can you name a song by the Romantics? I can name several songs by the Romantics. Okay. I um, grew up, uh, I was a child of the 70s, I guess. I was born in... 1970, and I guess they came on the scene um, towards the late 70s, so I remember them uh, being front and center in my music development. You know, they've got hits like, What I Like About You, and Talking In Your Sleep, Dude, Dude. Um, I mean, 
talking about like time travel, I, just talking about the romantics just brings me back to, you know, hanging out in my room. I was an only child growing up, so I spent a lot of time in my room, you know, playing with my Legos and listening to the radio, and it just, uh, the romantics, man. Yeah. Brings me right back. You know, I'm really glad we're talking about the romantics because there's several things I didn't know about the romantics that I had just assumed, you know? And what was that? Um, well, I'm embarrassed to say I did not know that they were a U.S. band. Oh, big news. Yep. Yeah, not only are they a U.S. band, but they are from Detroit, Michigan, and I didn't think anything significant happened in Detroit, Michigan, except, you know, the car industry. What about Eminem? Oh, that happened in Detroit? Okay. (laughs) That happened in Detroit, yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. And hold hold the talk about the romantics for for next episode, because we'll have lots of time to talk about that, and... Uh, will do, will do, will do. I just, yeah, just yeah. to wrap it up, man. I thought the Romantics were a British band, but I guess they were influenced by British invasion rockers. But hey, I've I've been schooled. You have, you have. <laughs> um, so we have we have the Romantics. Um, we also have uh, a couple of interviews. Uh, a band called Nervous Lovers. That's N V R S, L V R S. They t- took out the vowels in their ner- uh, nervous lovers and dreamings, and the uh, the A and E are swapped in the dreamings. It's like one of those combined letters where the A and E are connected. It's it's interesting. I don't know what that's called. I don't even know how to pronounce that, but I've Dream- seen it. But uh, but when it was typed out, actually, it was dreamings, I guess. So uh, they are opening for nervous lovers, I believe, at the Starline Social Club in Oakland. So uh, that is Tuesday, August eighth. Um, you can check that out. Also, we will be there covering that show uh, as well. So, and and if that's not enough, um, I'm going to be at the Huey Lewis show, Huey Lewis and the News, Thunder Valley Resort and Casino on Friday, August 11th. Uh, Greg Kinn, uh, who uh, has been on Concert Pipeline, is opening that show. So. We are covering uh, that as well, and we'll bring some audio from that. We're um, and and maybe some pictures. We'll see. Um, and uh, uh, that that all that lots of great stuff coming up on Concert Pipeline. So uh, keep tuned and uh, uh, coming forward because we're not slowing down, right? That's right. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. And um, you know, back to what you were saying before. Um, the you know band that you're interviewing um foreigner and that has special interest for me especially because when you the last time you had an interview um opening for them they were just they were playing right down the street for me they were they were yeah they were one of the bands that were in my backyard at the marin county fairgrounds we yeah i parked at your house and walked over to the fairgrounds and uh that's uh, right i forgot about that you actually parked at my house yeah the the parking i mean it's crazy right you saw all the cars uh parked on the main road and they went way beyond my house oh yeah couldn't have parked much closer and had to actually take the long way home to, because the the normal way was it was packed like you have to go by the fairgrounds to get to the freeway and it's not it was not pretty like there you were yeah. there were no cars moving then so um, right to get out of there you really have to do the go all the way around uh, China Camp and head into Centerville yeah yeah so let's talk about modern chemistry a little bit here because we're gonna bring them on the program in just a moment.
All right. So Modern Chemistry is Joe, Brendan, and Jesse. They're from New Jersey. Um, and uh, they met each other um, kind of throughout school, uh, as we'll hear about um, in the interview. Their new album is uh, called Everything in Gold. It is out now. It's their full, first full-length album, and, uh, and it's really solid. Uh, you should check it out. They um, opened for Taking Back Sunday. Uh, f- there were two legs of the tour. Um, there was an East Coast leg and a West Coast leg. Um, and so they played out on the East Coast, and they were uh, actually in Orlando when I was in Orlando uh, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, but I wasn't able to go to that show. So uh, I was already planning on going to the Sacramento show. We just did the interview at the Sacramento show, right? So That's crazy. They were on the other side of the country. You were on the other happened side of the to country. be there, right? How were you not able to go? I had a seven-year-old with me, and this show was sold out, and I didn't want to bring my audio equipment. Um, so, oh, excuses, excuses. Right. Yes. So, uh, and I'll tell you that, you know, um, the the show in the in Orlando. Uh, there's a band on the tour also called Every Time I Die. They're a heavy, heavy rock band. Like I, I wouldn't even call them metal, like screamo rock or something. Um, and we uh, we'd interviewed them. 15 years ago or something on the old TV show. Um, I don't remember not liking them then, but I will tell you, I very much dislike their performance. My ears were bleeding um, from the show. It was not pleasant. Uh, And like the lead guitarist, like he would be spitting beer in the air and then he'd take like a beer can and smash it on his head and throw it in the crowd sort of thing. It's like, okay, that's not the first time you've done that, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah. Lead singer. Now he used to have a clean baby face, clean shaven baby face. Now he looks like Jesus. Uh, it's, uh-huh. yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. So, not a fan of that, but so I, uh, it's in Sacramento, 105 degrees in Sacramento uh, uh, this past week when I went out to cover this show. And uh, I get to the venue. Um, someone let me in. I was texting Joe, the lead singer, um, to uh, to get him, you know, to, uh, to meet up with him for the interview. And then as I was standing there, um, Adam Lazara from Taking Back Sunday uh, was just hanging out by the merch booth, uh, talking to the merch guy. So I said, Hey, you know, I talked to him for a second, um, and, uh, got a picture with him as well. Uh, we'd, uh, I've met him, you know, we've interviewed, did we ever interview him directly? I don't remember, but I've met him, you know, a couple of times over the years, um, and interviewed the Take Him Back Sunday a couple of times as well. And, uh, and, so I, I, you know, I just I said, hey, you know, last time I saw you guys was at the Warfield a couple of years ago. It was 2014. Um, and so we talked about the Warfield a bit and, uh, you know, an old band, Monin, that um, had done a, you know, the intro for one of the old TV shows I used to do. I told him about like this really outlandish experience with that. Uh, and we chatted for a bit. And then uh, I did the interview with uh, Modern uh, Modern Chemistry. And, um, and so we're going to listen to that now. And then uh, afterwards, we'll come back and uh, uh, talk a little bit about Taking Back Sunday. Um, But first off, we're going to start it out with one of the songs that Modern Chemistry played uh, from their set. And this is a song called Carolina. Here it is. Hey, it's Joe from Modern Chemistry, and you're listening to Concert Pipeline. This next song is called Carolina. I hope you like it. I'm 
I am here with Joe from Modern Chemistry. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Not bad. We're in Sacramento at Ace of Spades. It's a nice, cool day in Sacramento, right? <laughs> very cool. Very cool. We have no AC in the van, so whenever we're hot, we always just go, oh, it's freezing. And we try to trick ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, mind game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you guys came from Santa Cruz. You, you played yeah. there last night. Mm -hmm. How was that show? Awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked that that whole city i never really been there before so it's cool to check that out you guys get to go to the boardwalk at all or? i missed the boardwalk uh, i didn't get there no i just was down like the main strip yeah, yeah. for the most part but yeah hopefully be back i'd like to check out more yeah. yeah when you guys are on tour do you ever kind of have time to, to uh, get to go to the local areas or is it's, it pretty tight sometimes it's usually pretty it's usually pretty tight um but it depends on the day like la we had a day off so we got to hang out there we have 
friends there and our manager and stuff so we get to go see like actual things in LA which is fun yeah. um, a lot of the times it's like we got long drives to the next show and like we have to do sound check and all that so there's not much room to get without within like you pretty much have like the two blocks where the show is and yeah, that's about yeah. as far like, as you're getting keep you on a short leash right <laughs> you gotta yeah 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 so what did you do in la when you were you were down there you said you got to check out some stuff yeah um well so this is our second time there this time we kept it a little more chill we um we went to the japanese garden okay. which I, I don't know much about other than it was very cool um and then we did some korean barbecue which was like an all you can eat where you uh -huh. get your own grill it was very fun for us we've never done that and then after that, uh, we went to the comedy store, which was exciting. Who did uh, you see? Mark Maron, oh, Bobby nice. Lee. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I'm a huge Mark Maron yeah. fan. So I was listening to him on the way here. Yeah, literally. he's yeah. great. Yeah. His podcast is great. So it was cool. Like, I always hear him talk about it. So it was cool to actually get to go to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him a couple years ago at a bigger, like, comedy festival type thing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, his set was only like 15, 20 minutes. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So um, you, you guys are also, even though you're, you're from New Jersey. Yeah. But you're uh, you're big fans of In-N-Out Burger. We are big fans of In-N-Out Burger. I saw a picture of you guys on your Instagram, and, and the, the, it all it just said home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think for all East Coast bands, it's like this huge like once you hit In-N-Out, you're like I'm definitely on tour. It's I'm like the, the the mecca, right? It's like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, but for bands, it's coming right. Out it's, yeah, exactly, it's exactly. Yeah, it's it's we we try to go there as often as we can. Have you had a chance? Uh, this, We've this went two times so three times we've had i've had three in and out burgers so far uh and that won't be the last it's breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> yeah as much as we can exactly i, I like it i like it yeah uh and so the uh, this new album everything in gold uh, came out recently uh, just a couple weeks yeah. ago so how has the response from it been it's been awesome uh we've been waiting to put this out for a while and like it it, we were really proud of it and like we've just gotten such nice feedback from people and it seems like people are liking it uh, the songs that we're playing on this tour yeah so it's been it's been as good as we could ask you know yeah yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a really good listen I'm, I'm digging in I'm thank looking you forward to seeing you play some of the, the songs tonight so. yeah yeah it should be cool I think it's a little different live but you yeah. know still cool yeah so uh, so tell me about the process that you guys took for this because this is uh, I mean you had the EP which we'll talk about in just a minute yeah but, but uh, tell me the process going into this how long it took you and, and then kind of how you work together yeah with it took a, it took a really long time I'm I, I would say there was about a two-year period where we were working on like just writing as much as we could um, ended up with around 15 or 16 songs three of those which we ended up uh doing at dreaming adjacent mm -hmm. and then um for the most part the, re the rest ended up on uh, everything in gold so we kind of had about like an album and a half's worth of material over the past like two years that we really grinded on and obviously we lost some songs sometimes you work for yeah. three months on a song and then you're like i know we put in about 48 hours like straight on this song but we're gonna have to can it just because it, it doesn't feel right sometimes. That's got to be tough, right? But it, if it doesn't have a place in, in the you know in the flow of the album, right? Put it on. Well, and I I think there whenever we like end up scrapping a song, like I'm never too upset about how much time we spent on it because that's a learning process in itself. So at least it makes us like realize like when it's worth it to keep going in the next time or when it's not. Yeah. Um, it is cool to just push your boundaries though and see like how far you can go in certain directions that maybe you're not used to going. So we do we we definitely did try a few oddball songs and stuff in there that some made and some didn't you know yeah and you worked yeah. with paul levitt on this album yeah so tell me how you got set up with him how the, and how the relationship was yeah paul levitt's great um we're huge fans of the dangerous summer mm -hmm. um we, we and we we love have mercy as well and we we know they both went there um 
we sent our song, I think, like over Twitter. We sent Never Scared over to Paul at one point, like years ago, and he was like, "This is sick. You guys should check out my studio." And then, like, fast forward two years, maybe down the line, we're like, "All right, we gotta." We were talking to a few different producers, and we're like, "Well." Paul seems like he's probably into our stuff already. And so I just had a conversation with him uh, over the phone, and he was real excited. He loves our music, and he was just stoked to, like, work with us. Um, and it ended up coming out awesome. I mean, like, in terms of what we wanted to get out of it, it was, like, pretty much all there. It was a really great uh, experience. Uh, it was pretty crazy. We lived in his basement for a month really? and, like, helped him build the bunks. And, like, it was pretty wild experience. But, yeah, it ended up being real great. Yeah. So, so over Twitter, how does that kind of come about? I, I wouldn't. I, I ha, that's one I haven't heard before. And yeah, that that's happened. That's helped us with a few different things in our career. Um, that people, I think, people take social media for granted sometimes. Yeah. We um, we're never afraid to just like tweet at people we like and stuff and tell them we we got free Crocs. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. We were like <laughs> just making jokes. At Crocs. We were yeah. making jokes at Crocs. Like, oh, we need Crocs. Like, I don't even know when we'd wear them, but. Give us free Crocs, and they did. And really? Like, so there's just little things where like we'll we'll go out of our way to do something like that, and uh, <laughs> and it works out. And so we, I think uh, Brendan, our guitarist, saw he he was asking somebody on Twitter like, "Hey, any new bands I should check out?" And he just went, "Yeah, why don't you check out our band?" And he was like, "Yeah, you guys are sick. This is cool." Yeah. So in in the studio, it felt pretty natural. Was uh, how much of it was you guys, and what did he bring to the table? Um, I would say, like ninety. 90-95% of the actual songwriting was already all us. Um, yeah. Yeah, in terms of, like, you know, structure and stuff like that, there was maybe w one or two parts in two songs where, where he's either added or ch changed, like, a progression or something. Uh, but for the most part, it was all what it was. Um, Paul was really good at helping us. First of all, like, the harmonies, Paul's, like, a master of harmonies. So, like, there was a few that we already had set in our heads of what we wanted, but a lot of the harmonies work was, like, his ideas. Um so that was huge. And also, I think with uh, Brennan's lead guitar work, uh, Brennan has a very s cool, like, uh, specific sounds. And I think, it, you know, I think Paul was really good at, at knowing what we were going for and helping us make even crazier sounds get out yeah. of that guitar, you know? So I think those were definitely some of the stronger moments for us, for sure. Yeah. Now, yeah. Go going back to your uh, EP before that, um, yeah. you worked with Adam, who's about 100 behind us. Yes, 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 <laughs> you know, I did. On, on that. And so, was that the same sort of thing as with with Twitter? You kind of reached out to him, or I mean, being from no. Jersey, you pr might probably kind of ran in. Certain well, we've yeah, we we um definitely played a bunch of shows with them already uh, mm -hmm. by that point, and um you know we have there was like one day where like we were we were doing like a holiday show uh, with them or a weekend where we did yeah. these these New Jersey holiday shows they do, and afterwards he was like, hey. Um, I've never really produced anything before, but like I heard your guys' new demos that you've, we were sending demos around to producers and stuff for the new album. He's like, I heard those and they sounded really good. Maybe I thought maybe I could try my hand at it. I don't know if I'll be good, but yeah. I'll give it a go. And we're like, of course, like we'd love that. You know, we're, we're huge fans of Adam and TBS. And um, a few weeks later, I just, I was like, screw it. Like we gotta try. I can't, we can't just let the opportunity not happen. So I texted him uh, while he was demoing out, I think, Tidal wave at that time, yeah. And he got back to me and he said, uh, "If we can figure out a time, let's do it. This could be great." Um, and we're set. We within about two days, I think we set up the entire thing and it worked out. And the next month, <laughs> we were going down to uh, North Carolina to work with him. Yeah, and you and you did the whole thing in in four days, right? So you had a yeah. pretty tight timeline as far as time in the studio is available. And yeah, there was so the 
we were doing like this New Jersey World Tour thing we do, which is like we just play a bunch of New Jersey shows in a row, just in all different parts of it. Um, and so right in the middle of two of those shows, we went down to North Carolina to do it. The the studio only had four days. We really wanted a fifth day, but they had someone else booked. So we literally were like, all right, we have these four days. Let's make the most of it. We were we were doing like they're, they're like spring days. scenes coming in the next. Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, um, it it was crazy, and we had um, engineer Mike Pepe was working with us, and he would work probably certain days were like 16, 17 hour days for wow. him. He really grinded. Everyone put in so much effort to make sure that we could get this done. Um, not to mention for about probably at least a month beforehand, Adam and I were going back and forth with like, I would send them voice memos and then he'd be like, that's cool. When you guys are together, can you try this instead of this? And then I'd be like, all right, we're together now. Hold on. And I'd go into the room and we'd try it and then I'd send it back and then he'd have more ideas. So he was very hands-on from far away for that about a month beforehand. Yeah. Um, so we had a little bit of pre-production time in that, in that time. It sounds like, it sounds like he saw a lot of ambition in you guys as well. I mean, and kind of how excited you were and how in connected and how quickly you were able to respond to, to him, you know, with the, yeah. with the feedback he provided. I like, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Um, I mean, we were very excited and it was clear that he was very excited as well. Um, and, and that was, that was cool. I, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going. So, um, yeah, so so tell me about uh, Brendan and Jesse, and, and uh, I know you kind of met them through school. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Jesse, like, I mean, Bre you were friends with Brendan first, uh, in, or you had class? Kind of, them, yeah. Um, so Brendan and I went to high school together. Um, we weren't ever too close then. Yeah. But then in college, we had a uh, In college, me and Jesse met freshman year. We were in the same dorm, and, like, we were buddies, and... Uh, throughout the next couple of years, we would like jam like one on one, like nothing crazy, just just for fun. Yeah. Um, never never too serious. But then Brendan, uh, I think around junior year, we had a class together and we just only talked about music instead of paying attention to class. Yeah. And it got to a point where he was like, "Yeah, let's try it." And then his roommate um, wanted to play bass, and we're like, "All right, let's do it." And then I was like, "Hey, I have this friend around the corner. Um, he plays drums, like." Should we just ask him if he's down to try it? Like, yeah. And he's like, he was excited to do it, and we just started going. Yeah. From there. And Jesse, like, had gotten his. He was getting his masters, right? Well, not like, yet, not yet. Okay. We were still in undergrad. Um, okay. And then about a year later, we graduated. And then yeah. for that year, I was working in the city, and Jesse was getting his master's degree. Um, yeah, it was pretty wild. What, what was he getting his master's in? HR. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so then afterwards, he's like, okay, finish this. I'm going to really come put that aside, though. <laughs> All this work, which is getting a master's is not a small feat. Right? No, it's like, not. It is not. Very impressive feat. Yeah. And then and then he's like, I got to pursue this, this van, right? So Yeah, we, we didn't take the normal trajectory. Uh, <laughs> it's usually the other way around a little bit. Yeah. I got to get a you know, full job, you know, and everything. And yeah, I think, I think that it, we were kind of in a place where it was like, well, well let's create our stability um but keep doing this band thing and then a few things aligned uh with the band thing where we said you know what we can't we can't say no to these things we have to do it um so we got the frankie arrow tour and we said all right we're getting rid of these jobs and we're just yeah. going to go for it and when we got our degrees hopefully down the line we'll be able to use them again well hopefully we don't have to use them again yeah, but yeah. if it, you know if we need to we have them and we'll we'll be able to do that later in our lives and thankfully all our families were really cool with it and uh they support us a lot so, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this tour with uh, "Every Time I Die," "Taking Back Sunday." Oh, yeah. uh, this is your your last stop. Yeah. 
it is our last song. How is the whole? I mean, we talked about Santa Cruz, but tell me about the whole tour. I mean, the tour as a whole, kind of the experience. Yeah, it, it, it was incredible. Um, it was kind of like unreal the whole time. The shows have been great. Like every when you're the opening band, you're never sure if people are going to be there when you play or anything. That was never a worry. Every show there, it was pretty packed. Um, great. Everyone was super cool about us. A lot of times I ask if anyone's heard of us, and a lot of times most of the crowd says no, uh, but they're still bobbing along and, and enjoying it with us. So that's always helpful and makes it more fun for us. Um, every time I die and take it back Sunday are some of the nicest guys ever. So it's been fun hanging out with them. Um, it's just overall been as, as cool as it can get. Uh, even yeah. with a broken AC, it's not too it's not too bad in the van. Everything's been working all right. Yeah, and so you started on the East Coast, and then you flew over. No flying. Oh, you, you oh dri- we did, drove that. You had home. to drive because because it was like just like last week that you were. I mean, uh, I was actually in Orlando when you guys. Were oh yeah. In, in or- I didn't get to go to the show. I was actually taking my daughter uh, to. I mean, t- to visit family that I haven't seen in 20 nice. years. So. Oh yeah. So. You know, we didn't visit the mouse, you know, I was trying to work in the Take Back Sunday right. show, but she's seven and, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll just, I was already coming to this show, right. so I was like, I'll just do Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a reasonable, yeah. reasonable move. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, we've been driving, we've been playing shows this whole way. Um, yeah. And how, how have the East, how's the East Coast kind of compared to the shows on the West Coast over here? It's a good question. I think, I, I don't know if it's necessarily East versus West Coast. I could tell you, um, there's there's def- different levels of heat everywhere we've yeah. gone. I would say Texas and Arizona ha- and uh, Vegas have been the hottest. Uh, I think Vegas is the hottest weather I've ever been in in my life. Um, Florida's always like a very unique spot. Um, I, I It's always fun to play there. It's like a whole different world. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's always different. Um, those shows were a lot of fun. Um, everything up on like the east coast like the new york shows are super exciting because it kind of feels like hometown shows yeah. almost so all our family and friends will be there i have a lot of family in georgia and so they always come out when we're there um but overall I, i'm not sure if i necessarily see a difference in you know reaction from each coast or anything but it's more so just uh the sites and like uh you know the, the highway sites as we're driving down if there's any Joshua trees or if there's oh, yeah. wind turbines, you know, it's like finding something to kick latch onto, right? Right, like, exactly. Yeah, it's, it can be pretty dry, you know. Sometimes, yeah. There's a lot of desert drives on this one, which are kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys binge watch any shows? Or I mean, it sounds like you listen to a lot of podcasts too. Um, on, on the road, it's been so. I have this iPhone Seven, which is yeah. terrible. Um, I lost the adapter oh. within like four days, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've had no headphones. Which also means I can't plug into the auxiliary that I, for driving. So it's been tough for me with music. I just listen to whatever everyone else is putting on. Thankfully, we all have decent taste in music. So yeah, it's yeah. been fun. Yeah. But that that's mostly what we're doing. Not too much shows. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, so tell me about the Everything in Gold video and kind of how you took the, the vision from the album into and put it into that video. Yeah. Uh, so was, we took a lot of risks in that video. Um, I think most of the things we did were probably illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If when, I, when we look back, we're like, yeah, I think that whole day, everything we did was fairly illegal, but it, we got the shots, you know? Um, Jesse had this idea of, of taking um, like memories that we have that are fairly unique and stuff from growing up um, and kind of trying to like reimagine them or just exaggerate them um, and make the whole thing seem like kind of a fever dream of sorts, um, a hopeful like a dark but hopeful fever dream. I think this song for us feels kind of like a rebirth. And I think the the idea of the video was supposed to capture this like 
heavily emotional but like positive vibe of like hey, hey, this is our world from yeah. here on out uh, for whoever's watching it and I, th I think this is the first time where a video we've done has pretty much come out exactly how we wanted it to um, there were so many ridiculous ideas that shouldn't have worked that like somehow did at least enough of, at least enough to like you know throw a, sorry throw a few shots in there yeah so um, yeah it's just supposed to be like a a really hopeful like fever dream yeah and, sorts. And, and at the end i mean you have the get you could get covered in the glitter stuff and yeah. I, I heard you say that J like jesse couldn't like couldn't like he got in his eye or something yeah we all had it like yeah. i had like goopy glitter in my yeah. eyes and i was just like don't do anything crazy just keep going <laughs> where did that come from like who's the idea? idea yeah i have no idea we just bought a bunch of gold stuff and then brendan was like all right i'm gonna just smear glitter on my face and we're like well, if you're doing it, we're going to do it. Yeah, gotta do it right? <laughs> and so we all did it. And it was like, by the end of it, we were all like, that was ridiculous. But we yeah. did it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so your your Carolina video also, tell me a little bit about that. Because my, uh, my I mean, it's in black and white. So that's you know, yeah. kind of creative. And I understand kind of the, it was already kind of in works, but then it got shelved for a while. Yeah, kind of. Um, this was a very DIY uh, production. This was yeah. like, Jesse was filming a lot of stuff from our time in the studio with Adam and Mike. And then we also had some stuff from our November 12th Mayday Parade that he took. And I know there was a point where I was trying to make like a little documentary on that whole recording experience or something, but never worked out. And then there was, we were like looking for ideas for, I guess, music videos. And I just opened up my iMovie and I was like, Holy shit! Like, I, I, I yeah, like I I created like half a music video for Carolina, and I don't even remember when I did it. Like I was like very confused. Um, I had some weird filter on it; it looked ridiculous. But we took it off and made it more normal looking. And the guys were like, "This is sick! Like, if we just throw some more like behind the scenes stuff in here, it's a cool slice of life as to show like how we made the part three video, how we worked in the album. Like, it just has all these like cool moments of that stuff in there. Um, and it's definitely usually we our our videos are you know more based in like um a story or or some kind of you know us playing but this we were like why don't we just kind of do something different here yeah. you know and just do it ourselves and that's what happened that's how it worked i like it i like it so joe what's the so what's the plan for tomorrow what happens after uh today this, this part of the tour well i think we're going to be hanging out in lake tahoe for a few days nice yeah um a lot cooler we, there i bet than it is here uh, from what i've heard yeah, yeah from what i've heard and then we uh we have the one-off show in reno that we're going to be playing and then after that cruising back home uh thinking about reminiscing on how awesome this tour has been and you know we're just real excited to continue playing these new songs for everybody they're still fresh for us because we haven't been able to play them uh, out too often other than this tour and uh, we're excited to just keep keep pumping it out and showing people what we got and i know when i get home i'm going to get right back to writing as well um that's always fun is, is that easier for you to do at home you don't really have a the, the, you can't do it on the road as easily it's, i mean you can it's tough on the road i don't have like a, an acoustic guitar or like my demo station set up i could yeah I could maybe next door get myself more of that, um, but yeah, I tend to do it at home. And now that you know we had a bunch of tours and stuff in a row, um, so it's been more about prepping for that. It'll be nice to get home and be able to just start with a clean slate and work on some music. That's always the most fun part for me. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you for taking the time hey, today. And thank you for having me. I yeah, appreciate it. Stay cool here. Try and stay indoors because it is gnarly <laughs> out there. I'm gonna do my best. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, pretty wild. It's ridiculous, but yeah. 
Thank you. And, and yeah, yeah, the uh, the band is Modern Chemistry. Everything in gold is the album. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. That was the interview with Joe from Modern Chemistry. Thank you for taking the time, Joe. Um, and we're going to play another song from Modern Chemistry in just a moment. But I want to talk a little bit about Taking Back Sunday set. So um, Taking Back Sunday uh, has also has a, uh, a brand new album out. And, uh, and that uh, the name of that album is... Tidal Wave, and this new album, um, I'll be honest, it's a really different take for Taking Back Sunday. It feels more like modern rock, like something you'll hear, you can hear on the radio, um, than the normal uh, Taking Back Sunday kind of emo rock that I'm used to. And at first, that was kind of, I'll be honest, that was kind of off-putting. the The album itself is really catchy. Um, it's it's something that's very listenable. But it's just not what I could have come to expect from Taking Back Sunday, having been a fan of them for almost 15 years at this point. Yeah, almost 15 years. I think 2003 was probably the first time I saw them, um, and um, and so that was uh, that was really interesting. But when they played the songs live, man, they were they were really good. Uh, it was it was cool to hear them uh, them live. Also, the crowd really got it into it. It was a sold out show. So the play, uh, um, so Ace of Spades in Sacramento was packed. Um, you've never been to Ace of Spades, right? I think I've been there once. You have. What did you see there? Uh, I might be thinking about a different place. That's near um, Midtown, isn't it? Somewhere? I think it is, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw a local Sacramento guy there. Why can't I remember his name? He's kind of a jazzy, bluesy guy. We saw him... Um, Together, actually, at uh, the Russian River Festival. Oh, um, but Buddy Guy? No, but oh. that same kind of genre. Oh, oh uh, Taj, um, Taj Mahal or something? Um, no, but you're on the right track. Uh, it's, uh, God, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember offhand. Um, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. I'll take your word for it. So you've been to Ace of Spades then, you think? I have been, yeah. Okay. Been yeah, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting little venue, kind of a decent size for uh, Sacramento. I, that's a size venue that um, that I like to see shows at. I'm not a big on the arena shows. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, they're too big, too many people, and usually the bands are bigger than I like. You know, than I care to see. I, I like club shows, and uh, I like the intimate setting uh, for a concert. So this was a, g- a good venue there. I've seen a I've seen a handful of shows there as well. I've seen Snoop Dogg there. Actually, back in the day, saw Katy Perry there. I saw Jack's Mannequin there. You've um, seen Katy Perry. I I have got free. I, yeah. You have, you have did, never admitted that to me. I did not pay for the tickets; they were free. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That's you're somewhat redeeming and, yourself now. And, and I went with the ex-wife. So. Uh, uh, okay, tell me it was her idea, and she dragged you to it. You I were uh, handcuffed. Dra- dragged, dragged to a kicking and screaming. Well, I was. You know, I, I have. I had seen Katy Perry backstage at Warp Tour. And uh, she was very voluptuous, um, at, and so yeah. I was I was kind of anticipating some uh, an outfit that kind of accentuated a certain area, and uh, and that didn't she didn't deliver on that. It was she wore like I don't know a sports shirt or something like you know just kind of toned it real down for the the show, and. It was not accentuated. So. That was disappointing. Yeah. Gosh, I think I might have maybe left early. <laughs> well, you know, of course. So that was actually under 
like one of her first tours, probably her first tour, because I mean, she closed with um, uh, "I Kissed a Girl," and uh, and obviously that that's a small place for her. To, you know, that's not a place she's playing now. Um, when she's playing mm-hmm. arenas, probably on the verge of stadiums at this point. So, um, yeah, right, yeah. Well, at least that's something. I mean, yeah. that's actually kind of nice to see uh, to see big artists before they turn big. Speaking of uh, pop artists, I didn't know I didn't know that you were going to see a pop artist this past week. I was just going to mention. That. <laughs> yeah, uh, you so were. I, I, I'm putting my foot in my mouth. I uh-huh. guess. Um, I'm not seeing Katy Perry, but I am. Uh, just got tickets to. Um, can we just skip this? No, it's on. Uh, you put it on. Talk about you, it. <laughs> you you put me on the table for Katy Perry. So let's hear it. Let's hear it, Jens. Come on. I, I saw on Facebook someone that you saw. See, I didn't see. I I hate social media. Social media is a bad thing. Yeah. All it does is get you, people in trouble. You forgot to mention it's on horrible. the podcast who you're that you're seeing like the biggest pop artist in the world. You know what? I didn't even post that on Facebook. I know I, your wife did. My wife, yeah. Well, you should defriend her on Facebook. No, no, so she's bringing content I, to the podcast. I am, so. not, I am not. You know. <laughs> Um, d- uh, discriminated against. <laughs> okay, fine. Yes, uh, we uh, have tickets to the um, Lady Gaga show at AT and T Park in San Francisco. So, yes, uh, I took a look at the set list. Um, she's playing mostly, you know, hits from from you know previous albums, but she'll have some newer content on there as well. So, I will take some footage for you. You can or cannot, you know, um, use that content for the uh, pod. If you don't use it, I will not be heartbroken. Uh-huh. So, wait, so this hasn't happened yet. I thought it was last week that it did happen or something, no? No, it hasn't happened yet. No, my wife did this thing. I don't know why she did this. So, you know on Facebook how you can um, – Tag yourself you in a tell, location. You can, yeah, you can tag yourself at an arena yeah. and tell everybody you're there for the show. Yeah. I, I don't know if she was drinking at the time or what the deal was, but we weren't at the concert. The concert hasn't happened yet, but when, she when just wanted it? people to know that she just bought tickets for this show and it came out uh, as a post saying, you know, we were live at the it, Lady Gaga show. It, yeah, it sounded like you were there. So, okay, so this hasn't happened. When <laughs> When is the show, Jens? When can we expect to come? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I know it's on a Sunday, and I know it's in April. Uh, I'm in April, what I'm talking about, August. Uh, but it's not this coming Sunday, so it's either the Sunday after that or the Sunday after that. I think it's I think it's Sunday in a week. Okay. So two two days in a week. Okay, Sunday, August thirteenth. It is. Uh, that sounds Yeah, right. the sun the Sunday after this Sunday. So, yeah, two weeks. We should have uh, an an update from Jens about his uh, favorite pop concert. Yeah, gonna... I've been dying. You know what? I should Periscope the whole fucking thing. Apparently, yeah, yeah, do it. The whole whole thing. <laughs> Just yeah, sign into Periscope. Get get our followers going. Come on, you know. Last time I was at AT&T Park uh, was for. I was going to say Guns N' Roses, but that's not true. It was for Journey, um, and a bunch of other bands, uh, Bay Area bands. Uh, but every time I go there, it is really really hard to get any sort of signal. Um, oh yeah, because I mean, yeah, when you're with that many people, like there's no, everyone's on their phones. There's no signal. everything's it's, it's jammed. jammed. Yeah, you're lucky just to get text messages in and out. I mean, I'll try to Periscope, but if it doesn't work, I'll just take video. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. We will. Are, are, do you have decent seats? You, you got you got your front row seats on, don't you? You guys are ballers. Yeah. 
No, not well. Sometimes, but not for not for Lady Gaga. So my my wife is like five feet tall, and we've gone to a, a few shows where we've um, you know had floor seats, and almost each time it's been a big disappointment because she can't see anything. She just mm-hmm. sees the backs of everyone, and when she tries to stand on the seat, if there's seats available, she gets yelled at by the concert um, police Nazis because mm-hmm. of liability issues or something. So it's just yes. been sort of a bad experience. So we have our seats are pretty good, but they're in the 100 level. Um, in an area where the acoustics are usually good at at and Park, and that venue is notorious for shitty acoustics. So hopefully it'll be uh, it'll be good. Good. We will, uh, look forward to your report back. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, oh, I am. I am. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, whatever. 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 I'm not going to forget your Katy Perry story. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm going to rub that in. Yours continues to deliver. So years to come. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't pay for my tickets. You you guys paid for yours, so enjoy. <laughs> I got no comment, man. I am yep. guilty. Guilty uh-huh. as charged. Yep, yep. I covered my, uh, the concert for mine, so. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so that, yeah, Taking Back Sunday. Uh, great performance uh, at Ace of Spades. Uh, one of the bands that I kind of grew up on and, and, and kind of helped develop my music taste. So I really loved... Uh, you know, I really enjoyed seeing them live again, and they and I like seeing their uh, their you know the songs that remind me of my youth that they play and uh, are such a big part of kind of I guess who I am music wise. Really, it was really cool. Um, and uh, I mean, it, I, I'm just gonna relive kind of a Taking Back Sunday, my first Taking Back Sunday experience, real quick. I'll try and keep it short. Uh, but the first time we had an interview with uh, with Taking Back Sunday scheduled was for my old, old, old TV show, 2002. I guess it was 2002. Um, that um, and they were playing at Slim's uh, with the Used, uh, and uh, and so we were on their bus and uh, and had the interview set. And uh, I'd gone with uh, at that time my uh, high school friend Stephanie was hosting one of my shows and I was just starting to become friends with Joe Wilson and another friend, Chris, um, who, uh, ultimately later hosted my next show, um, uh, that, that I ended up doing. Right. So this, uh, so we had an interview with Take Mac Sunday. I was, uh, for the local public access station and I was, uh, I brought their camera and everything and we were getting ready to start the interview. We were going to do an interview with John Nolan, who's a songwriter for Take Mac Sunday. And, and the camera like would turn on and then shut off. So I don't know. The battery died. Something something wasn't working right with the camera. It wasn't working right. And so luckily I came prepared, Jens. I came prepared for you know for that, right? I mean, just in case I had brought my own personal little like handy cam uh, that was in my car, three blocks away maybe. So I you know I leave everybody on the tour bus. I'm like sprinting to my car that's three blocks away to get my car, uh, my camera uh, out of the back of the car. I run back to the tour bus, uh, get on the tour bus to to do the interview, and then my camera doesn't work. Something <laughs> something screwed up with my camera. I don't know exactly what happened with my camera then, but it oh, didn't work. Oh, the anticipation, work. man, the anticipation. I tell you, so, it was not meant to be. So, it was not meant to be. So, so that didn't work out great, but. Uh, but it was my first experience with Taking Back Sunday and a really great show. I remember, 
I mean, I mean, obviously we we got to meet the band on the bus and everything, and got them to sign some CDs or something, and then uh, and I watched their their show and um, and uh, and uh, after taking back Sunday set, the used played, I believe, after their set or maybe the used opened, um, and um, and we were uh, I was sitting on the balcony with Joe and the balcony at, at Slim's in the back, and um, and Adam Lazara from Taking Back Sunday was there like sitting right next to us or whatever. And so like Joe got him to sign his ticket stub or something. And, uh, and I don't know, the pen wasn't working. So he used a lighter on it. I remember. And I don't know, it was, it was just a cool experience. Um, and, and a really cool show that, uh, uh, it was really pivotal to me starting kind of really appreciating music. So taking back Sunday was a part of that and getting to, uh, see them again was, I mean, I, I just really enjoy them. So um, so we're going to play you a song at the end of uh, the podcast from Taking Back Sunday. You'll have to stay tuned for that. A special special song from Taking Back Sunday as well um, from their performance. Right now we're going to play one more song from Modern Chemistry from their set at Ace of Spades. Uh, and uh, this is a song called Trade Winds. Here it is. Thank you so much for Modern Chemistry. The song's called Trade Winds. Let's hang out after
All right, so that was trade wins uh, for modern chemistry, and uh, we're going to continue on to our last segment on the podcast today. Jens, what is that segment? I would love to tell you what that segment is, but let me just go back to the Ace of Spades venue because I I remember who I saw in Sacramento. Okay. But I've got to tell you, it might not have been at Ace of Spades. I want to say that it was at Ace of Spades because that name, the name of that venue just sounds so cool. Like I feel like I should have been there. I yeah. feel like I should have you know seen a concert there. So I'm just going to say it was Jackie Green back in 2000. Nine or 2010 or 2007 or something. I don't know. Some sometime around there, I saw Jackie Green in Sacramento, and I'm just gonna say it was at the Ace of Spades because that fucking sounds like a cool place. You are sharp as a tack, sir. We will not doubt your memory for a second. So, <laughs> so uh, it was somewhere in Sacramento. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is time for music news. Right. Yeah. So we each have a um, a couple of stories. Uh, I have a couple ones I'm pretty interested in, actually. So um, I'm going to I'm going to take the first one. And I know you have a couple. Um, All right. I know you have a follow up to a story we we reported last uh, last week on the podcast. I do. I'm very excited about both of these stories, actually, especially the second one that I'm going to. Uh, share with everyone um and somehow i just get stuck in in this pattern of sharing stories about this particular artist i don't know why this is happening but i i just do not want to be labeled as you know like a fan of this artist but i think that's what it's going to come down to it's coming down to that i mean we already know you're going to lady gaga so you're you're you're, you're making it worse you're showing your true (laughs) true colors here (laughs) i'm gonna go crawl in a hole right uh, my story, so right now, as we speak, actually, uh, Lollapalooza is happening uh, uh, on the East Coast, well, um, well, in Chicago, actually. So um, I have a friend, actually, my friend John, who's out at Lollapalooza, and um, and I got to see, uh, he face, uh, Facebook-lived a little bit of the end of, um, I guess, a special set Blink-182 was doing last night, um, and so, uh, so I checked part of that out, but... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in Lollapalooza. A ton of artists. I mean, just to um, uh, just to name a, a few of the artists that are uh, playing. Um, I, I mean, obviously, like I said, Blink-182 is playing. Arcade Fire is playing. Uh, uh, Sylvanesso, uh, which actually I'm going to see here in a, a couple weeks. They're playing at uh, Lagunitas in Petaluma. And um, I need to not have that music on. <laughs> Uh, they're actually doing a live stream right now, of, or actually, I guess, a replay of uh, some uh, some of their performances. But uh, but Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness is playing. Uh, who else? Chance the Rapper, The Killers, Muse. Uh, so many, so many bands. Run the Jewels, Cage the Elephant. I mean, there's hundreds. Well, where of bands. where is this? So this is uh, it's like Chicago, I think, right? So Chicago, uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. So Lollapalooza, I remember, was a really, really big thing back in what the '90s. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I thought that that came and went. It was like this thing for a while, and then there was Lilith Fair, which was yeah. kind of the chick version of that. 
Um, but I thought that all died. Well, so it, it's it, still a thing. It's so. Here's the deal. So. Perry Farrell from uh, from Jane's Addiction created Lollapalooza. It's it's been around for a long time. It's had different levels of success, um, and uh, they actually created a Lollapalooza tour at one point, and that was short lived because it uh, it didn't perform as well, and so they decided to make it take it back and make it into just the festival, uh, and it's like a four day festival, August third through sixth. And uh, tons and tons and tons of bands that are playing. I mean, it would be so fun to be there and, and see all these uh, all these bands, many of which I uh, I respect, but and a lot that I don't actually know. But um, but so Lollapalooza is going on right now, and here's one uh, one story from uh, Lollapalooza. We'll just give you a little snippet of something that happened at Lollapalooza, and that is surrounding Liam Gallagher. Do you know who Liam Gallagher is, Jens? I have no idea. No, he isn't the guy that smashes watermelons. I thought he was. Yes. No. That's the first thing that came to mind. Right. He, Liam the watermelon Ga- dude. Liam Gallagher is from Oasis, and he uh, stormed off the stage after only four songs into what was supposed to be an hour-long performance at the Lollapalooza Festival in Chicago on Thursday night uh, during a, uh, a problem plagued day one uh uh, that saw headliner Lord forced uh, to cut her sh- uh, set short as well due to weather. So um, I guess uh, someone from Anti-Music was on hand and provided the following details. Kicking off with hands behind his back, Liam Gallagher sang the Oasis classic Rock and Roll Star uh, with all the brashness and misery that uh, only someone born in Manchester could muster. Um, <laughs> and so let's see, a couple minutes later, uh, I, hold on, let's see. He did two solo and two Oasis songs. Uh, so he's really dipping into the Oasis. If he's doing four songs and two of which are Oasis, he's really banking on Oasis fans at this point too. Definitely. Uh, to you know to come out and part of it's like oh yeah you know you hear these songs I never got to hear before but part of it's like okay you know you can mix it in a little bit and let's hear your your solo stuff. Uh, he stormed off the stage. A few minutes later, his crew came and began dismantling the gear. His fans were livid. He left the stage without any kind of explanation. Uh, more than an hour later, he tweeted, uh, Sorry to the people who turned up to the gig in Chicago. Lollapalooza had a difficult gig last night, which fucked my voice. I'm gutted. LG. Uh, it's a curious statement because he would have been better off informing the crowd before leaving the stage, only to have his fans carry uh, their anger for over an hour. Uh... Let's see here. And this, uh, I guess this uh, reporter for Anti-Music said, sadly not one uh, single song from um, Lorders, uh, I think they mean Lorders, new album Melodrama was played at Lollapalooza doing an evacuation that forced Lord uh, to abandon her set after three songs. As she was introducing a song she said they had never played live before, her production manager came on stage to inform uh, that the show is being called off. So apparently they're still never playing it live. Um, without question, this is the right decision to make uh, sure the storm came in fast and furious, but it still stings to see an artist that uh, at this moment in time so in touch with your music fans. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's the story. Apparently a two-part story about Liam Gallagher and Lord. But Liam, on his own accord, left because his voice was fucked, in his words. 
it was time for him to go. Yeah, I think his yeah. his brother Noel Gallagher. I don't you don't you probably don't know a lot of their feud, but there's a big feud between the Oasis brothers and Noel Gallagher has like a band. I think they're called High Flying Birds. Uh, uh, no, yeah, and the high flying birds, yeah. Um, no Gallagher's high flying birds. Uh, I think he's got you know the more successful career going on, and Liam, you're not going to see him very often, at least not that I've heard. And so him playing at Lollapalooza was probably going to be a big deal, but he chose to make a small set. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. Uh, you know what? I'm glad that uh, Lollapalooza is still a thing. And, um, you know, I have a lot of good memories from Lollapalooza. I've never been, uh, but I have good memories from knowing that Lollapalooza that it existed? was a big thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. wow. <laughs> exactly. I have big. been to Lilith Fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got to admit, I have been to Lilith Fair, uh, but I have not been to Lollapalooza. But anyway, it, it just, I mean, the name in, in yeah. itself. Yeah, is so awesome. it's, a, it's been a great name for many years. It's a great yes. name, right? I mean, who came up with Lollapalooza? How uh, awesome is that? Right. So Liam Gallagher, Liam right? Gallagher, yes. Okay, you want to know who else I don't know? I want to know who else you don't know. I have no idea who R. Kelly is. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, that that position gonna... position for co-host is still open. By the way, you can tweet us <laughs> at Concert Pipeline if you're interested in applying. All you have to do is be able to name who R. Kelly is. That easy. Yes, and you have to be articulate. Yes, <laughs> and you have to be able to remember shit. Yes. Okay. And you have to be able to know how to get a hold of all of us at Concert Pipeline. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So let me yeah. let me tell you this. So I don't know Liam yeah. Gallagher. I don't know R. Kelly. But I'm going to tell you all about what went down in Here. Fulton County. R. Kelly. You're going to know who R. Kelly is first. Ready? Get to the hook. Here it is. Here it comes. You ready? Here it comes. You know what happens when this song comes on the radio? What? I change the fucking station. You do. Sorry, R. Kelly. No offense. Uh, you're just not my thing. Yeah. Um, definitely a talented artist. Um, you know that song also goes way back, but doesn't do it for me. Uh, so, thank you for the um, uh, for the reminder uh-huh. uh, of uh, the talented R. Kelly. Uh, let me tell you what went down. What went down in Fulton County, which happens to be in Georgia. I didn't know that either. So there's a county in Georgia called Fulton. Okay. Now, officials want R. Kelly's Georgia concert canceled. Why would right? they want that? He's such a wholesome Why? person. Right. I mean, he has these wonderful, beautiful love songs. Yeah. Why the hell would anybody want to, you know, cancel one of his concerts? 
especially in the great orange state of Georgia. So apparently officials in the state are outraged about reports surrounding Kelly's alleged sexual hijinks and have asked the promoter to cancel his upcoming concert in Fulton County. Can I you know what's something else I don't know? What's that? What the fuck hijinks means? It means he's a so, rapist, sir. It means he's a rapist. He's a rapist? Okay, so I'm going to yes. look up... Uh, so I looked up hijinks. <laughs> uh, so, so this is what the internet says hijinks is. Okay, so hijinks is a playful or rowdy activity, often involving mischievous pranks. Uh, for example, all sorts of hijinks go on at the summer camp after lights out, quote-unquote. So around the 1700s, this term deno- <laughs> um, denoted a gambling game accompanied by a lot of drinking but by the mid 1800s it acquired its present meaning which apparently means rape yeah yeah i mean yeah he rapes some underage women allegedly but yes um that's pretty fucked he's not a great guy go yeah but 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 his music is his music covers that up apparently right so yeah, he's kind of like Bill Cosby. You've got to, you've got to really separate the talent from the person. You know? Yeah. I mean, the the Cosby's comedy was fucking hilarious. It was awesome. Yeah. But you know, you've really got to somehow still be able to appreciate the art and not think about who the artist is. Yeah, I, as a I think person. you, yes. I think you throw the art away after. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah. So in efforts to nix the show. Uh, began after BuzzFeed story came out that reported uh, Kelly had a sex cult of women that he controlled. How fucked is that, dude? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty oh gnarly. I have, I have no words. So this is just the latest episode in the history uh, peppered with alleged sexual misconduct issues. So this isn't just a one-time thing. I mean, this has been going on for quite some time. Um, so the singer canceled three dates without any sort of explanation at all. Uh, but seven shows are still on the books, including the Fulton County show. Um, the county rep told the Atlanta journal constitution that the request to cancel the show reflects the wishes of local residents. Okay. So the people of the county are stepping up and, you know, saying, Hey, this is not morally correct or something. We don't respect this kind of behavior around here. So, Yes. That's right. fucked, dude. Yeah. That is yeah. fucked. Re- do some reading on R. Kelly and his uh, sexcapades a little bit. You'll, you'll learn a thing or two. I'm happy I know what the word hijinks means. I mean, now you do, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've learned I've learned um, Gallagher about Gallagher. I've learned about Kelly, and I've learned about hijinks. I've come a long way today. You You have. You've come a long way. Usually I'm pretty good if I've learned one thing, you know, per day. But, hey, three things in one day is pretty you're, massive. We're doing great. This podcast does wonders for you, Jens. It does. Uh, so um, I my next story is about one of my favorite bands. Um, and uh, this is uh, Foo Fighters. They, uh, they continue to surprise and delight. And uh, we all know that Dave Grohl made the move uh, from behind the drum kit in Nirvana to the front of the stage in Foo Fighters. Uh, so 
this that's what makes the new Paul McCartney Foo Fighters uh, all the more interesting. Uh, all the, uh, the, the news from Paul McCartney and the Foo Fighters. Uh, it's recently been revealed that among the many guests that Grohl has lined up for the new Foo Fighters album, Concrete and Gold, the former Beatles uh, and all-around music legend Paul McCartney will make an appearance as well as a drummer. Uh, which what? Is, I didn't even know he could play the drums. Neither did Ringo's job. Neither did he. Neither did he. Which is <laughs> which is awesome, you know. So uh, that's like, hilarious, man. He's like, what? You just bam those steps back and forth? Oh yeah, you just bing bang boom, bing bang boom like that, right? Oh, how does this thing work, man? Oh, it doesn't have any cards. Yes. All right. Uh, so speaking to ET Canada, a girl said, Paul McCartney plays drums uh, on one of our songs. He's a pal. We've known him for a long time. He's great. He's the most wonderful person in the world. He's a great guy. Another band, band member that's possibly drummer Taylor Hawkins also added, uh, he hadn't even heard of the song. He comes in and Dave picks up an acoustic and shows him real quick. He sat on a special drum set that his tech set up for him. Uh, I sat there with a drumstick conducting. He did two takes. Boom, boom, I'm done. I am done. We did it. That's in the bag, guys, right? <laughs> All right, Paul. I can't yeah. wait to see the, uh, the 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 videos of, you know, the zoomed in. I, I just want to see the zoomed in videos of him as a drummer. I, like I would love, I would love, okay, back when Paul McCartney had uh, his wife Linda on stage. Yeah. I remember hearing the um, the audio just for her track. Right. Yeah. And she was so awful, um, but, but it was just so heartfelt that she was always invited on stage. So I, I want the same thing here. I want to see. I want to hear the track just of Paul's drumming because I just, I just <laughs> isolated. Hear what it's like you want to hear it isolated? Else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> yes. We kid, we kid, of course. We kid, we yes. kid. We love you guys, man. Yes. Uh, you have another story for us, right? I think it kind of ties into your previous story with canceled shows and stuff. Yeah, so this is a continuation of a story that uh, I presented last week. I didn't realize last week that I would be presenting a continuation. Oh, now In fact, don't. I was very much hoping that I wouldn't have to talk about this artist again for the rest of the year. But, That's hey, he likes to be in the limelight, and there's more shit on the web about him. So I feel obligated to discuss it. We're talking, of course, about Justin Bieber. And um, we want to know his explanation for why he canceled shows. So if you guys remember correctly, he did, what, 100 shows out of 150 or something? Is that what it was? I don't know. He did a bunch. But then he canceled, like, the last leg of his tour or seven shows or something like that, right? Yeah, he canceled a bunch of shows, and uh, what really uh, pissed us off was that he didn't really give any sort of um, explanation for you know why he did that. So he left his fans out in uh, out in the cold, um, uh, you know, wondering why you know Bieber doesn't love them. So story goes like this: um, it's been a long road for Justin, and so far the summer has been somewhat rocky. Last month he canceled the remaining dates of his. Purpose World Tour due to, that's right, remember last week? Yes. Unforeseen circumstances, he, that's what we were talking about. He wanted about. to go we ride really a bike or something, to right? define what the hell that meant. Well, he said he wanted to go ride a bike or something, right? Right, he wanted to go ride a bike. Yeah, because that is better than, you know, doing your freaking job. Right. 
So uh, soon after, he was banned from playing China because of his bad behavior. Uh, they were worried that his bad behavior could have a negative impact on his fans. Uh, then he accidentally hit <laughs> hit uh, paparazzo with his vehicle while leaving a church event in L.A. Okay, number one, when you leave a church, don't try to run over anyone. Number two, don't try to run over somebody with a camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> Might be filming the, the event. Okay, so it seems like for Bieber... Uh, he's finally found the light at the end of the tunnel. After posting a picture of his new face tattoo, you did not hear that incorrectly. After posting a picture of his new face tattoo, Bieber took to Instagram to explain in detail why he's decided to take some time off and what he's going to do to improve his mental health. Hey, this is starting to sound positive, right? Right. Okay, so he's had some mental health issues and he's recognized them and now he's going to take some steps like riding a bicycle to uh, improve his mental health. So this but, is what he says. By the way, do you want to know what his face tattoo is? I'm scared to see it. Uh, it looks like a little, I think it's a little cross next to his eye. I thought you were going to say giant yeah. penis with balls. Right, yes, he's got that on his on his face. So I think it's he did it to be like Little Wayne or something. Uh, it's it's small. It's really tiny, but I think it's right at the corner of his eye is what, uh, what it looks like in the picture I'm, I'm looking up. So Lovely. I know, right? Okay, continue on. Okay. Bieber says, I have let my insecurities get the best of me at times. I let my broken relationships dictate the way I acted towards people and the way I treated them. I let bitterness, jealousy, and fear run my life. These are all good things to recognize, I think. He added that since those dark times, he's found friends and mentors who've helped him change um, how he thinks about who he is and, you know, his past about who he's been. He says, I'm extremely blessed to have people in the past few years help me build my character back up, reminding me of who I am and what I want to be, Um, reminding me my past decisions and past relationships don't dictate my future decisions and my future relationships. Uh, I'm very aware I'm never going to be perfect, and I'm going to keep making mistakes. But, hey, you know, what am I going to do? Um, I'm sorry, what I'm not going to do is be ashamed of those mistakes. So there we go. I think uh, I, I just hope that's all genuine and not something that, you know, oh. somebody wrote for him to. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's genuine, it's Bieber. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that sounded all that all sounds like, you know, somebody oh. wrote that. And, he just was supposed yeah, to he's, he's full of shit, man. He's he's, he's apologized before. He's he's, he's done. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, no. uh, whatever. Whatever, Justin. So, he, anyway, all, the, all the best to you. Whatever. All I all I'm gonna say is that don't let your fans down. Right. They 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 are your paycheck. Don't let them down. Uh, he's done it before. He he keeps getting by like a certain president. I mean, uh, people just let him have passes, right? So, it's a. Uh, how it is. We're not going to end on Justin Bieber's story, so don't think we are. Uh, we're going to have one more story that actually ties into my previous story, and it's about uh, Nirvana. Um, and that is that Nirvana fans can now see much of Kurt Cobain's art that will be on display this week at the Seattle Art Fair in Seattle, Washington. So if you, you're headed up north, uh, you can check that out. 
Uh, exhibit includes two never-before-seen paintings that were placed in storage after Cobain's death and haven't been unveiled until now. Um, one of the two items is a painting of a skinny body, two poppies, and a, a baby with a broken head. The piece was originally supposed to be used as the artwork uh, for Nirvana's 1992 album of B-Sides, Incesticide. Also on display is the painting used for the cover of the deluxe version of 2015's Montage of Heck, The Home Recordings. Um, and in addition, uh, sketches and collages from Cobain's notebooks, many of which have previously been uh, available, will, be, will decorate the walls. Aside from Cobain's artworks by Raymond uh, Pettibon, Dash Snow, Mike Kelly, Elizabeth Payton, and others will be displayed. So you can check that out now for a limited time. It sounds like it's just this week at the Seattle Art Fair. So uh, really unique experience. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and Seattle is definitely the best place for uh, an exhibit like that. Yes, yes. So that is the music news for today on Concert Pipeline. Again, we want to uh, to thank Modern <laughs> Chemistry for being on the program. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, thanks for, uh, to Adam Lazara for the cool ch- uh, quick chat, which wasn't heard on the podcast but great to chat with him as well um remember uh, facebook.com forward slash concert pipeline pod is where you can uh check out some exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else um i'm going to include put up some videos from the that concert as well uh as uh some other content so you'll get to check out some of that stuff there uh next time on the podcast do you remember who we have jens that's right. Yeah, we have Foreigner. No, nice try. Uh, that's a little ways down the road, but but good thinking. Uh, we are having the Romantics on the podcast next time. <laughs> the Romantics, yes, who are not from England, this even though I thought they were a great band, Blast from the Past. I'm also going to tell you guys about um, about my obsession, uh, my, my recent obsession that I've had um, about small little furry animals. Oh, okay, Furbies. It sounds like our little gremlins. Uh, we uh, yes. Oof. I'm gonna tell you guys about my my current obsession uh, with gremlins. This happens to me, um, you know, once every blue moon. Uh-huh. I don't know what a blue moon is, but once every blue moon, uh, and it's happening again. And I've got the itches, and I'll tell you all about it next time. And speaking of itches, uh, we might find out more about Jens's continued saga with trying to ev- evacuate his. Uh, his outside tenants <laughs> during this entire podcast i've been itching my hand and it's just like freaking crazy after this podcast i'm gonna down another beer and i'm gonna go outside and i'm gonna t- inspect what's going on if i find that damn hole i'm gonna hey. stick the hose in there again next- and go for it but this time i'm gonna wear gloves next time we need uh, maria to uh uh to record the the goings on of uh we need we need video footage we need me. video yeah yes, going yes. through this living hell yeah so we'll check that out next time and more on concert pipeline for all of us here at concert pipeline that's Jens Schippel and not a Steve Jones we are playing you out with one more song this is a song from Taking Back Sunday's set at Ace of Spades a, a really really cool cover by the way uh, of she from Green Day where they just stripped it down and did it acoustic and made it their own. And it even kind of gives, it gives that song a really new feel that uh, you're not going to get from anywhere else. They did, they actually did it for a Spotify documentary, but they've been playing it on tour. And, uh, and that's what you're going to hear right now on concert pipeline. We'll catch you next week. This song is called she, if you know the words, please sing along.
And if not, just check out this cool shit we can do. <laughs> Thank you. 